This week on the Clubhouse, Anthony and I visit the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame and Museum. We're doing something a little bit different for the next month of shows. No guests. Just Anthony and I driving across the country, visiting ballparks. Anthony had never been to Cooperstown before, so we begin this episode as we drive through the foothills of the Catskill Mountains to immerse ourselves in baseball's history. All right, we are about one hour outside of Cooperstown, New York for Anthony Rapp's first, first visit to the hallowed grounds, which is a shame to me that it's taken him this long. But sir, what are you thinking? What are the hallowed grounds? The hallowed grounds of Cooperstown, well, baby. I, just for the listeners, I assume most people know, but we gotta give some context. That is true. We are heading to Cooperstown, New York, home of the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. You know, we're going to get into this probably a little bit later, but there are many myths and legends surrounding why exactly the Hall of Fame is in Cooperstown, all of them untrue. Abner Doubleday had nothing to do with the creation of baseball, but that's for a later date. So, Anthony, what are you thinking about making your first trip to Cooperstown, New York? Well, I'm pretty excited. I'm a, I'm a historical buff anyway, history buff, and... Uh, so I'm, I'm excited to see what all is in there. Uh, I'm, I'm also just honestly curious. I've, I've never, I'm not sure that I've ever seen any pictures of like what the museum itself, like what the displays look like or anything. You know, I've, I mean, I've seen pictures of the plaques, you know, that people show the plaques of the, of the players. But I just really have no idea in terms of what to expect in terms of the curation of it. And, you know, I, I, I know that it's going to be... Um, interesting and exciting and probably moving and all that stuff so you know i'm just i'm like open-minded open-hearted well you are absolutely in for for a, a treat you know they it is they have just i mean baseball is a sport that obviously we all love the fact that it's been around for over 100 years and that there's uh, this, this the, the record keeping of, of baseball is is more than any other sport really out there but then when you actually go to cooperstown and see the physical stuff that's there the bats the balls the jerseys and you're standing just mere inches away through a pane of glass from i mean for me like to see ty cobb's mitt or to see you know i mean there's gonna be some ernie bank stuff there i'm sure there's gonna be you know it's just it's i get chills every single time i go to cooperstown i don't care how many times you go it is a special experience every single time and for those of you out there who have not made it to cooperstown Listen, people like Anthony, and even people like myself, to be honest, they took me until the age of 29 to go to Cooperstown for the first time, which is a joke. Like, you should not be waiting that long. I, I mean, why do you think at this point you have not come to Cooperstown? Being as big of a baseball fan as you are, living in New York for as long as you have, it's a short four-hour drive. Why have you not come to Cooperstown? I think it's a matter of, uh, you know, I, I didn't really have any one person that... Uh, we talked about doing it. I mean, my brother would be another great candidate to do it, but our schedules are so crazy, you know, and 
there's so many chunks of time where we're not in the same city at the same time and all that stuff. And then it's just a matter of like, like so many things, making a plan with someone to help helps make it happen. And so thank you for being the one really said, let's do this now. No, absolutely. Because I'm a big proponent of, of, you know, I was waiting similarly for someone to go with for a special moment. I thought maybe, maybe I'll bring my wife one day, my future wife, but who knows if that's ever going to happen. Maybe I'll bring my future kids <laughs> to, uh, to it. Who knows if that's ever going to happen. At a certain point, I just decided, ah, screw it. I'm going to go by myself because no one else will go with me. So I am kind of glad that I'm going to be able to share this with you. Because this is actually, I think, the first time I've come to Cooperstown with somebody else. Um, I've always come alone. Uh, now, the last time I was here, I did meet uh, a, a wonderful woman by the name of Barbara and her daughter, Adela, who I'm, out of sheer coincidence, uh, I met her a couple of years ago, and they actually, oh, my phone is going off. That is very unprofessional. Um, but out of sheer coincidence, my, uh, uh, there happened to be in Cooperstown at the same time we are this time, they're, they're from San Francisco. But other than that, I've really never known anybody when I've come to Cooperstown. So it's going to be a fun trip. I mean, it's basically a one-street town with, with uh, some amazing baseball memorabilia shops. But it's really the museum. The museum itself, I could spend weeks on end just going through all of, of the stuff that's in there. So is there anything specific that you are, are looking forward to? Uh, I'm not sure anything specific. I'm I'm always really curious to see the stuff, the history around the Negro Leagues, um, and I'm curious to see how they're handling some of the controversial stuff of the history of baseball, including you know segregation and, and and integration. But also, you know, you mentioned Ty Cobb. I mean, you know, everyone knows some of the terrible things that he did and said. I wonder if that's in any way. Um, acknowledged or if it's just purely about the baseball statistics. I mean, either way, I'm just, I'm just curious to see how some of these things are, are if they're talked about or not, you know, the history of some of the players, the history of some of the franchises, history of some of the managers and owners in terms of all sorts of complicated issues. I mean, you know, much like our country that we live in, of which baseball is, you know, the quintessential American sport, we have a very complicated history of our country and the sport has a complicated history. And so whenever museums are able to talk about those things in an interesting, honest way, it, that's always very compelling and interesting to me. I agree. I, I won't spoil anything for you because I don't want to tell you how they do and don't handle it because I want you to be able to have a fresh experience. But, you know, that is the one thing that, that you can't really deny about baseball. The baseball has survived racism. It survived wars. It survived, you know, sexism. It survived everything, you know, and, and it exists. It's there for us to learn from you know i'm i'm a big proponent of of always talking about all these horrible dark times in in our history because that's the only way that you can really learn and and move forward from it so let's see, i don't want to spoil what it's going to be like there but i i don't think you'll be disappointed it's it's a really i mean the last time that i was there i i spent some time in the research room and that really is something that you have to almost make a specific trip just to hang out in their research room because you can sit there and just lose yourself in articles and books and microfiche and videos and everything of just story after story after story of untold stories that you've never heard of before and, and players and managers that you just didn't even know existed but have the most fascinating lives. You know, as I'm doing research for my book and it's just, it's, I'm going to probably need to make 
four or five more trips here when all is said and done just to learn aspects of, of ballparks that I haven't learned yet. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. So we are, we are also, we're driving. So please forgive us if uh, we are a little bit distracted, but so just, this is kind of, uh, this is the beginning of our trip here. And also you mentioned that the Negro leagues, our next big road trip will include Kansas city. And when I was on my 30 stadium tour, I got sick when I got to Kansas city and I had to cancel my trip to the Negro league, Negro league museum. And so that is something that I am, we are purposely building in a little bit of extra time for ourselves when we're in Kansas City because that is something that I desperately want to check out. Uh, because as you are, I'm, I'm utterly fascinated by the Negro Leagues. Um, but so this is the beginning of our longest trip so far that we've done together. We have got ahead of us, we're heading to Cooperstown and we go to Toronto and then Detroit then Cleveland and Cincinnati. So of the ballparks that we are visiting, what is a game that you're looking forward to the most because it may be an interesting pitching matchup? And what is the stadium that you're looking forward to most? Well, we're getting to see Felix Hernandez, King Felix uh, in Toronto, and I'm really, really, really looking forward to seeing him pitch. Um, he's, he, I, I've loved him since the beginning, and uh, he's also in my um, Keeper Fantasy League, so he's one of my rock stars of my and very he seems successful, to have my very successful fantasy team <laughs> okay well, i'll let you get that in there but um, then he seems to have uh a chip on his shoulder this year as well to basically he deserved the cy young award last year and i think he knows it and so i think this year he's basically <laughs> made he the did cy young winner is also in the keeper league Corey Kluber is also in that same team for me. And Corey is pitching well this year as well. But Felix well, he wasn't, now he is. Yeah, but Felix Hernandez deserved it last year, and and I think he's pitching like it this year. So it's going to be fun. Yeah, I also, I have never seen Felix pitch live, and so I am very, very excited uh, uh, to see that game as well. And then how about uh, a ballpark that you're looking forward to? Well, I've heard really lovely things about um, Cincinnati, Great American Ballpark. Um and so I'm looking forward to that as a as like a sort of the architectural ballpark experience. But you know, I gotta say it'll be nice to be at at Copa, as you call it, uh, with you as a as a Tigers fan. I know you're gonna be like bouncing off your bouncing <laughs> off the walls. So, you know, every time I walk into 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 Copa, I just uh, so Comerica Park for those of you who are not in the know. Um, it's I, I literally get chills down my spine. Every square inch of that ballpark has a memory from the press box to the stands to just everywhere. I mean, I I remember being in the bathroom and during the 2006 ALCS and just chance of Maglio going, echoing off the wall and nobody leaving the bathroom because people were just, everyone's in there chanting and going nuts and being just so crazy excited about going to the World Series. So yeah, no, I'm, very excited. This will be my first trip to Copa this season, so I am very, very, very excited. Uh, and I'm also looking forward to it. It's my little niece's birthday uh, coming up here pretty soon, so I will be buying her a whole new wardrobe from uh, Tiger Stadium, or, or Comerica Park, I should say, uh, because she has grown out of all of her Tiger's gear that I bought her for the first year of her life. So um, basically, for the next week or a couple of weeks here for you guys um 
we are going to be peppering in some road episodes for you of us driving down the road. Uh, I've got some fun uh, games Anthony and I are going to play. We're going to be talking about our favorite uh, baseball movies and uh, just some, some fun stuff out there. If you guys have any uh, games for us that you would like to uh, like to hear us play, shoot us an email at clubhousepodcast uh, at gmail.com or tweet at us at clubhousepod. And, uh, yeah, give us some ideas of some fun road games to play while we're driving across this great country of ours. So uh, we will probably talk to you next after Anthony has seen Cooperstown for the first time, and we will check in with him and see if he starts to cry, as I anticipate he will, because I certainly got a little bit teary-eyed the first time I crossed the threshold of the gorgeous and amazing National Baseball Hall of Fame and Museum. We'll talk to you in, eh, for you guys, it'll be a couple seconds. For us, it'll be a couple hours. Bye-bye. We made it to the hall in the early afternoon. We only had a couple of hours to explore, so we kept the recording to a minimum. Up next is a short clip of us inside the museum as we hear Anthony's initial reaction to the Hall of Fame plaque room. And we're back. So we are now officially inside of Cooperstown, so we must keep our voices low. But uh, thus far, Anthony, we've now been here for a couple of hours. What do you think? Well, it's really cool so far, but I mean, we're really just scratching the tiniest part of the surface. The bit, I mean, the, the biggest event so far was uh, going through the plaque room, and I spent a long time looking at all the plaques. And uh, I mean, it's kind of overwhelming. There's so there's actually so many names that I've never heard of too, and you know, there's a lot of I know. I think I'm pretty well versed in some a lot of the big baseball history stuff, but um, it's pretty impressive. I mean, there's figures too that you just see, and they're just stunning. And it's amazing that after all these years, there's so many things that have never been repeated. Even though, even with all the games that are played, 162 games a year, times 100 plus years. Well, it wasn't always 162, but you know what I mean. But so many games, and there's still so many numbers that are probably never going to be reached again by so in so many categories. That is the thing that you know when you when you in the plaque room, you know every plaque has some kind of career highlights of, of some things, whether it's 20 consecutive years doing something or batting 340 or whatever it might be, lifetime. And it is, it is just looking at the numbers there in brass in front of you etched towards like, no, those those aren't going to be erased. Those aren't going to be, the, that's that's what that man did. Mm-hmm. It is uh, overwhelming, I think is the right word, you know, and, and as Anthony said, we have, we literally just stepped foot in the actual museum part of the Hall of Fame and museum, and there's so much more to go, but I just uh, wanted to get your, yeah, just wanted to get your thoughts on, on on the plaque room, you know? We want to just kind of keep checking in with you to make sure that you're doing okay here at, at Cooperstown. Oh, yeah. And, I, and um, I have a really good friend of mine, Monica, who's a huge Cardinals fan, and sending her pictures of, she's never been here, you know, but sending her a couple pictures of, like, a couple of her favorite Cardinals through the years was very, very... She was very appreciative of that. You know, you are a good baseball fan. You are, you are, despite being a Cubs fan, you're so sweet to your Cardinals brothers and sisters out there. Oh, yeah, man. Gotta respect the Cardinals. All right, so now we're gonna go keep enjoying. We'll be back shortly. Goodbye. Those couple of hours were not nearly enough time to fully immerse ourselves into the wonder that is the hall. So after spending the night at the Cooperstown Gateway Inn and Suites, 
Anthony and I woke up early and made our way back to spend an entire day inside the museum. Join us as we navigate our way back to Main Street and the Hall of Fame. It is day two on our Midwest Northeast road trip. We are heading back to Cooperstown, driving down a very narrow road with trees and foliage surrounding us. It's absolutely beautiful for those of you who have not been up here. Oh, there's Google lady. That is Google telling me which way to go. We sort of like follow the road is what we do. We're following the road. She likes to tell us things as we're doing them. Yeah, she's she's Google lady. She really likes to interject in our conversations, which is not fun. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, Gugu. All right. Uh, you know what actually would be easier, Anthony? Since you're making fun of me for driving and doing this, you could actually hold this recorder for me, and we could record that way, if but, that's okay. I'm navigating <laughs> with Google Lady. I'm holding Google Lady. All right, fair enough. sweet, sweet hand. All right, fine. You take care of Google Lady. I'll take care of everything else. The, uh, it's over. Yeah, it should be right there. Estly, she pronounced it very badly. All right, so we're going right here? No, left. Oh, left. I'm sorry. See, this is why. You got me all distracted. Wow, this is not interesting at all for people. So, the reason why I started this is now you have day one of your first Cooperstown visit in the books. We did about a third of the museum yesterday. Uh, we've got about two-thirds of the museum left to go today. What were your overall thoughts from day one there and kind of seeing, we really delve into the history of baseball and, and the early days as well as the Negro League. So, uh, so what were your thoughts there and, and what are you looking forward to today? Well, it's one of my favorite things to look at is, is the, the history. Um, and I was very impressed with the Negro League section and in particular, oh, Google lady, we know where we are now. I'm going to turn her off. Um, uh, there was this incredible, uh, these two incredible letters, one written to Hank Aaron, one written to Jackie Robinson that were, that were kept in a case, you know, in, in one of the display cases. And um, I was really grateful to their families for sharing those letters because I'm sure that that's not, you know, an easy thing to have brought forth. I mean, it certainly wasn't an easy thing to receive in the first place, God knows. But to then share with the world um, these sort of terrifying screeds that that hateful people wrote their loved ones um i thought that was really generous and really important that they did that and um very very powerful and you know our country we talked a little bit about it yesterday our country is completely messed up in so many ways in its history and it's in its treatment of african-americans and and the game that we love was no different in some cases and um you know that is part of the history, and it's important that it that it that it be that that part be told as well. Yeah, so I mean that is one thing that that the Baseball Hall of Fame has done pretty well with, which is um, sorry I'm being distracted here as I look for parking in front of the Hall of Fame. I see it, I see it. Uh, no parking, two a.m. to six a.m. So two we're good. Parking. Yeah, yeah, we're good. I know. I was looking he at the other side. Oh there are gosh. multiple signs, folks. Oh I like to read gosh. all of the signs to make sure that we don't get towed or a ticket in our rental we're car. This way. We're <laughs> so let me just finish my thought, and then we'll go ahead to the museum. But basically, I do like the fact that the, the I, I know I, I will I will redo oh, it. Boy. You got me all 
kerfuffle. I got you, you all did. kerfuffle. <laughs> wow. So let me finish my thought. The baseball. We're gonna get, we get this day two of, of our road trip. We're gonna be killing each other by day eight here. Right. But uh, uh, no, but the baseball hall of fame. They they don't hide from it. They do. They put everything on front street. They show exactly you know what their role in it was and what others' roles in it was, and they. They don't whitewash their players. You know, they, they show here are the players that maybe were accused of certain things here and there. And I I appreciate that because, as you said, it is a museum and it, it is important that we don't hide from our negative past. We have to learn from it. Otherwise, once again, blah, 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 history, doomed, repeated. We all know the cliches. Because it's an interesting thing whenever you have a, you know, a museum and a hall of fame too because it's you know it's it's designed also to promote baseball certainly of and, and to celebrate it and all those things and and they're you know the good vibes are part of that as well but um so i think it would be easy for them to not you know to to shy away from it or you you could i wouldn't ever say understand like in a i would understand like a pro in an approving way but i would go well okay there they are in the cynical part of of me would go well, well there they are just being you know pussies about it but um <laughs> so it's good that that they're not at least so far i mean I, i'm i'm curious to you know i know that you've intimated that the that the the way they sort of address the steroid question is is an interesting one and i'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how they how they deal with that as well Excellent. All right. Well, so now we are sitting in our car outside of the museum. So we're going to get out and enjoy day two. We'll be back to chat with you later. Goodbye. Our time in Cooperstown had sadly come to an end. Back in the car, we turned on the mic as we made our way north to Canada. In the final clip of this episode, Anthony and I talk about what we learned at the hall and what we are looking forward to on our road trip. And we are back. We are now on I-90 West, heading towards Toronto to go visit the Rogers Centre and the Toronto Blue Jays as they face off against the Seattle Did Mariners. Did you just say the Rogers Centre? Yes, the Rogers Centre. I believe that's how it's spelled. That dude, that is like so like ignorant of you to like <laughs> look at their spelling and make it a different pronunciation. So the Rogers Centre which uh, I have visited before, but Mr. Anthony Rapp has not. We're going to get to that in a quick moment. But right now, this was day two of our awesome trip to Cooperstown, and I think today was better than yesterday. Anthony, what are your thoughts about our about seven, eight hours that we spent in Cooperstown today? Um, it was uh, pretty powerful to look at the really extensive display for Hank Aaron um, and they had so even some video there I was surprised actually that there was as little video uh, available in the Hall of Fame in the museum as there is because um, uh, that's always fun to watch it's interesting to watch the ba- baseball players you know they you don't always see them talking a lot you know in any kind of media except like the post game like I put a good swing on it and I, and I went out the Bull Durham know. stuff the post game Bull Durham just cliches yeah. But it's, I always enjoy, you know, especially the old timers getting a chance to just hear them speak a little bit from such a place of, uh, you know, experience and hist- sense of history and a sense of respect. And he's just, he's, you know, it's all, it all might just sound like hyperbole and cliche, but it's just the truth that he's, 
an extraordinary human being. And, uh, you know, the, the adversity that he faced and the grace under which he faced it and continued to excel for so long uh, is, re is really unbelievable. And um, so it was really, it was, that was one of my favorite things. And then I, I, I always love good photography and there's a fantastic gallery of, of, and I assume that it rotates with some of the art, you know, some of the photos that are in there, but some fantastic photography of, of players through different eras and, you know, a lot of black and white photography, which I always especially love. Um, and I thought that, you know, I was curious, we talked earlier about how they were going to handle the PED stuff. And um, there were a couple things that really did address it. And I thought uh, in a, an effective way and a responsible way. And it seems clear that they're continuing to figure out how they're going to keep doing that. Because, um, you know, the fact is that it's a major part of a long stretch of the modern era of baseball. And um, there's no question that it distorted power numbers there's just no there's no way that the the game was played for as many decades as it was and the career the 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 year-to-year -year home run totals were you know all except for one man babe ruth in the in the decades leading up to the steroid era they were pretty much capping out at like 30 something 40 something for the league leaders and then suddenly they leap to almost twice that i mean that's pretty absurd you know so there has to be some acknowledgement of what was going on there. And I feel like the, the hall is at least, even in a small way, you know, acknowledging that that's part of the, part of the history is that there was that blip that was, you know, augmented by artificial means. Absolutely. You know, and I think that, you know, there is, they do have a little sign kind of uh, as a disclaimer as you're walking into the records portion of uh, Hall of Fame where you get to see all the hitting, pitching, all the different uh, single season career uh, uh, records that are uh, uh, in place right now. There's a tiny little sign that basically just reads something along the lines of, of you know, their performance enhancing drugs existed during a short time in baseball. We are a museum and we need to remember our history good and bad but it's basically just a disclaimer to let people know you know we are aware of, of the issue and as anthony said we're, we're all trying to figure out how we're going to process this but i think what speaks even larger as far as not even needing to say it in words is as anthony mentioned there is a massive i mean the biggest display in the entire museum uh, hank but uh, hank and the bay basically have their own separate almost rooms and sections where you can just see their entire careers. And as of now, and this may change in the future, but as of now, Mr. Barry Bonds has maybe one or two things in there. And one of the things that he has is his infamous uh, uh, home run uh, record-breaking ball that he hits. That, for those of you who know the story, uh, uh, fashion designer Mark Echo bought the ball at auction and then voted, uh, asked for a fan vote of what what he should do with the ball, either uh, donate it to the Hall of Fame, uh, launch it into space, or uh, carve an asterisk into it. And of course, carve an asterisk into it won the poll, although I did vote for launching into space. And uh, um, it now sits. It does sit in the Hall of Fame, the ball, with an asterisk carved into the ball, which, you know, once again, I think um, that image speaks louder than any words possibly could uh but i want to quickly just go over basically our day i mean so what we did is 
we explored the museum. Like I said, we had about two-thirds of the museum left to go, and, and we, we really went into detail with that. But we also got a chance to go to Doubleday Field and catch, there was a high school game that was being played. Uh, so we got to see some, some young high school kids. You know, the, the picture that was on the mound, Anthony, would you like to explain uh, uh, how the, the couple of bats that we were able to see? Well, the wheels came off the bus, as they say. <laughs> I think that when we first got there, there was a, you know, a nice, clean single to the you know just past the the the, the first baseman's okay fine, and then I believe there was another like sort of single-ish kind of thing you know nothing crazy so you have mana first and second but then there's a wild pitch, and then but there there was like and then he threw it away to first away to first just the it went from one to nothing to four to nothing in a hurry. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah. So I felt for that kid. I mean, he was throwing hard. It looked to me like he was throwing hard. I didn't have a radar gun, but it looked like he was, you know, he had some mustard on it, but... Yeah, but you know, honestly, uh, we ended up uh, meeting some of the kids. I believe they were actually from that team. I didn't, we didn't bring up that we were watching them earlier, but we met some of the kids later in the hall, and, you know, honestly, look... And they were in the plaque room, and that was cool. And they were in the plaque room, yeah. You know, these teenagers looking at the plaques. And honestly, I think that's it. I think they just, I can't imagine how fun it would be to play at Doubleday Field, you know, to play where Hall of Famers have played on that field, albeit in exhibition games. Uh, it actually reminds me, it's something that Anthony and I will be seeing later this month in Milwaukee. They actually have, um, outside of Miller Park, where Old County Stadium used to sit, they have something called Hellfare Park, which is a small, basically, uh, it, it's, a, it's a baseball park that sits on the footprint of County Stadium and the grass is tended to by the Miller Park grounds crew and the foul poles are still up and you can basically little leaguers play on that, beer league softball league plays on that and to be able to play where guys like Aaron or you know just to be able to play on that footprint I just that's that's got to be a cool special moment no matter how badly you throw the ball away over and over again. Um, another important uh, event of the day was um, I've had a, a, a Cubs hat for, I think, well over 10 years now. I, I think it's maybe even somewhere between 10 and 15 years that I've worn, and it's getting pretty worn out. And I was thinking about getting a new hat, and it was, you know, I have a big old head, let's face it, and it's hard to find a hat that fits well. But I finally got a new hat, um, and it's got the old style, like little, the, the old style standing bear with a with a bat in his hand kind of thing. It's like an old school logo from the, I don't even know exactly what era. I think, it, I think it was actually the, like literally early 1900s, 1905, 6, 7, around that era, may even be 1908. So maybe this is going to bring you, this is, this is the new generation cap for Anthony Rapp, who is going to be bringing some luck to the Chicago Cubs for the 2015 season. boy. <laughs> so we got a replacement hat. And then a couple of other thing, cool things that happened today is, and it's a story that um, uh, it's too long to tell right now, but I'll tell it uh, eventually, or I'll do a little self-plug for myself. Uh, you a can self-plug for yourself, a redundant self-plug for your redundant self? I've been driving all day, so I'm, I'm a little by bit. By choice. By choice. I enjoy driving. It's fun. So, yes. But <laughs> I... Uh, if you go over to uh, roundingthird.net, to the, I'll throw a link up on uh, uh, our website, clubhousepodcast.com, and you go to the San Francisco Giants podcast uh, episode that I did when I went to AT&T Park, there's a great uh, story about a woman that I met named Barbara and her daughter, Adela, who we met at Cooperstown two years ago uh, by chance. Fast forward two years, she happens to be here with her daughter once again, and uh, we see each other at Cooperstown again, and... Anthony and I got to grab lunch with, with Barbara and Adela and catch up and hear some 
unbelievably great baseball stories, which, once again, you can hear on the Rounding Third podcast at roundingthird.net. Shameless plug is over. All right, it's over. But uh, So that was a, a, a lot of fun. And uh, you know what? And I got to buy a couple of gifts for my little niece, Annika. Her, her first birthday is on May 27th, which sadly I'll be missing. But uh, I, I got some really great uh, uh, little baseballs for her. And uh, um, it's, yeah, I'm very, very excited to, for my little future Hall of Famer, Annika. So, so Anthony. Oh, she's going to be a Hall of Famer? Absolutely. Are you kidding That's me? a very strong statement, Manish. Oh, no. The first onesie that I ever bought her was a little Detroit Tigers onesie that reads future Hall of Famer on, on the front. So, oh, no, she will be in the hall some way or another. Okay. So, I mean, look, maybe she's going to be an umpire. I would love it if she could play. But if we haven't gone that far in, in 20 years, then yeah, maybe it's an ump. Maybe it's an owner. Okay. You never know. All right. <laughs> so, Anthony, your first trip to Cooperstown is over. Give me your favorite thing about Cooperstown, your least favorite thing about Cooperstown, and the thing that you were not expecting that kind of just kind of, you know, not, not something you were prepared for or expecting and were surprised by at Cooperstown. Um, my favorite thing, I guess, you know, I'm, you should know me by now enough that it's hard for me to say favorite anything. Oh, I, I like a lot of things. I don't, you know, pick favorites exactly. Um, it is really, really beautiful. The town itself is spectacularly, like, situated in a kind of valley by a lake, and there's gorgeous old homes, and it's 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 got a it's it's got a really lovely old, you know, old world American feel, but it doesn't feel kitschy to me. It feels still it feels authentic. Yeah, it feels authentic, and it feel and it also you know like because it's. It's an interesting thing because baseball itself is that way. Baseball is so rooted in the past, but it also still feels very modern and alive to me. So I guess that, you know, it's a, it's a town that's literally all about baseball. And so therefore it feels like it's, it's very much, you know, it's not like, it doesn't feel like some of the touristy, trappy places like, you know, Williams, Colonial Williamsburg, you know, which there are parts <laughs> yeah. about Colonial no, Williamsburg that are really exactly cool. Yeah. This feels more like it's alive today, living, breathing, but also, you know, a, a part of history. So that, I like that about it very much. And that includes the hall itself. I, I like the way that the hall was um, designed. You know, it, it was a very uh, pleasant atmosphere in there. Um, like I said, if, if I thought about things that I, it would be nice if there was like a, a dedicated video room. You know, one of, one of my favorite museums that I've been to in the last decade or so is the Warhol Museum in, in, in Pittsburgh. And they have a couple rooms where they have this great archival stuff of, because Warhol did a lot of stuff on film and he had video stuff and, and where there's all these monitors that have individual headphones. So you can sit in there for as long as you want and watch all this different archival footage. Wow. And I just think for something like baseball that has so much recorded history that it, and from all eras. Well, you know, I, I, I think two things to that. First, I think you may have answered your own question as to why that doesn't exist currently. Maybe it is one of those things that Cooperstown is still, it does still feel like a town that is entrenched in, in an older generation, an older time. And so maybe it is kind of anachronistic for them, for the folks that, that are running it, that they don't want to have too much 
video interactivity. They don't want to have too much modern technology. They don't want to have Twitter and Instagram and all that stuff all over there. They want to somehow keep the aura and the attitudes of the the uh, old timey baseball. But that being said, you know the the ML, MLB advanced media has yeah they're sitting on just a treasure trove. Of, of unbelievable footage. I mean, luck, lately they've been throwing a lot of that stuff up on YouTube, which I'm very grateful for. But here's an idea, MLB, for all you MLB officials that are listening. Well, they're not officials, but they're not running the hall in the museum. This isn't about the, the museum. So anybody who works for MLB, you just shut down your MLB fan cave, which I have mixed feelings about. How about you take that space and you turn that into a dedicated video museum, basically, and have folks be able to come in and, like Anthony was saying, like the Warhol Museum, you have some dedicated monitors, you come, you can watch highlights, you can watch full games, you can watch whatever it is. I guarantee you, people would come, would flock to that, because you're right. There is, I mean, lately they've been, they've been uncovering footage from, like, newsreel footage from the 1919 Black Sox series or from early, early World Series games, and I, I'm a sucker for those. Like, I would watch those all day. I would lose hours of my life watching black and white footage of, of, of newsreel uh, World Series games. So we talked about the thing, you know, that, that you enjoyed about it, uh, uh, at least, not, if not the most, you enjoyed it a lot. You, we talked about the thing you wished there to be a little bit more of. So now what about, was there anything about Cooperstown, the city, the, the hotel, the, the museum, the people that surprised you at all? Surprised me. Yeah, just something that you weren't expecting. Because well, I don't know. I, I didn't know that. I didn't know that it was going to be that the architecture was going to be so beautiful. And I've been to older towns in New England before, and and upstate New York and stuff. But there was something about this that the the architecture, some of it was just spectacular. And well, was the museum itself what you invent when you because you said you'd you know never you never really seen a picture of it really. Was it was it what you envisioned the museum was going to be? Did you think it would be bigger, smaller? Did you think that there would be more memorabilia, less memorabilia? I mean, what exactly, or is it exactly what you anticipated? I guess it was more or less what I anticipated. But like I said, I guess I, I would have thought maybe there would be a little more of the archival experience. So it wasn't but just... But there's a lot of... of Equipment there's and equipment, but that's different from what I mean. Okay. The opportunity to I see what you're saying. Yeah, uh, see actual like game footage or or you know scorecards or I don't know okay. a way to relive some of the or like more timelines of because like as you're walking through the museum, you see like it sort of says during this decade the Yankees kind of dominated, but it doesn't always seem to give a lot of context to what else was going on. I don't sure. know it's the story. The sort of story of various decades, if there were rivalries, it doesn't do a lot of telling that telling that story. I think it does assume a lot of baseball knowledge on its guests. I think that that the the Hall of Fame. That's a very good point, Anthony. I think that that it assumes that you know at least a little bit about maybe not every era, but enough to know if let's say we're looking at the Yankees in the 30s or the 40s, that yeah, they, they dominated at that point. And then you might learn a little bit about the New York Giants and the, the Brooklyn Dodgers role in, in those. I think we read uh, one stat where it said from 1950 to 1958, uh, the city of New York had 14 pennants, which is just yeah, the giant, between the Giants and the and the Dodgers and the and the Yankees. Yes, yeah, yeah. but so I mean, obviously that is something where you would need to know a little bit about the history of baseball to fully appreciate what that means. So yeah, you know, I guess you're right. You know, there's a couple of places where, so for instance, in the Negro League section, they do have actually 
a very literal timeline that contextualizes what was happening in uh, America, racially speaking, and what was happening in baseball, racially speaking, which uh, actually the end point of it uh, is in 2005 with Rosa Parks' death. Uh, I maintain that they need to extend it at least one more panel to include uh, Mr. President Barack Obama, but I'm sure they'll get to that someday or another. Because, you know, it's interesting as I'm thinking about it now that, that it so it would have, yeah, this is the period where there, where the, you know, the Cubs had a period of dominance and then had like a little picture of like the, the, some of the famous players and it would have like some of their memorabilia, but it didn't really tell you much more about some of the stuff that happened around that time. Right. You know, and it just, you know, I guess there's only so much you can do, but because so much of the history of baseball is also not simply about like this player wore these cleats and that, that glove it's also so much about the rivalries and the relationships and the you know the the some of the big moments that happen in the games themselves you know i guess that's one of the things that that felt like a little bit of a missed opportunity maybe it's actually a really good point i never really thought about that i guess i always get so i've never really gone to the hall of i, I guess I, i've used the internet for that i've used you know i've you know i've used Baseball Reference, or I've used honestly uh, YouTube or, or or Google, just uh, or just reading a lot of books about baseball, and that's where I get my my information about rivalries, about eras, about you know individual players, even. But no, you're absolutely right. I think that is something that the Hall could do better, which is storytelling a little bit. Because I guess my expectation when I go to the Hall is to see the bats and the balls. I do get a little bit of a chill when I see. Uh, I get a Ty Cobb's glove, or I mean, I, I see it every single time. But um, they've got Maglio Ordonez's bat uh, in the uh, Latin American section where they're they're uh, honoring Latin American baseball, and they've got Mags's bat from the 2006 ALCS where he hit the uh, walk-off home run, where I was lucky enough to be in attendance at. And every time I go to the hall, I walk by there and I have to stand. I actually didn't take a picture of it this time. This is the first time I haven't taken a picture of it uh, and send it to my buddy Chris, who is sitting at the game with me. Um, but I I do get a kick out of that. I do. I feel like I can get what you're looking for on the internet, on YouTube. But I guess you're right. It would be cool to have that all housed under one roof. So once again, maybe MLB officials, that could be a cool thing to do with the fan cave is once again, maybe to do a more storytelling um, not for laymen per se, but you know, look, Manhattan's going to be a lot more accessible to non-baseball nerds who aren't going to make the trek out to Cooperstown specifically for the Hall of Fame. So yeah, if you want to do some storytelling and really tell the stories of the, I mean, look, the Cubs and the Tigers have a great rivalry that I actually don't know that much about, but we faced off in World Series yes. multiple times. Yes. And, you know, I would love to hear actually more. Now that I think about it, that's going to be something I'm going to research next because I would love to hear about if there was any any animosity or 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 what the what the relationship was between the the Cubs and the and the, and the Tigers franchise was for the first fifty years of the nineteen hundred. Because at a certain point, you know, this this might seem like a little bit of an absurd comparison, but you know, uh, at a certain point, display after display after display of those kinds of artifacts that are more or less similar. Sure. Uh, it starts to feel a little bit like. Uh, Madame Tussauds or Hard Rock Cafe to me a little bit. Really? In that sense of like... Even though you're looking at the progression of... Because to me it's really cool to see the progression of the equipment 
and how yeah, it's changed. That, that's cool, but that when that's sort of more or less the same kind of thing repeated over and over and over again. Okay. It just in terms of, again, it's sort of curating. A, sure. A, a museum to trying to tell a story of the history of baseball. Sure. When it's when it's just that, I feel like. Those moment, those other things that you pointed out, like you have a bit of a timeline, but even in like the Babe Ruth section, it's not, yeah. it's not really a time. You can't, there's no sort of context. It just sort of like throws up a bunch of little weird quotes and, you know, uh, that is one thing actually, a, it's a bit of a mishmash to me. That is one thing that, that once again, thank you for reminding me. I, I, I am going to try and contact someone with, with Cooperstown and kind of ask them what, how, what the rhyme and reason is to why they place things where they place them because you're right the Babe Ruth section is so overwhelming because there's just so much stuff in there but you're right there is no there's no reason to it there there is no there's no structure to it so like you'll have a a bat that he hit seven uh, one of his 700 home runs with next to a a scorecard where he threw a a shutout and it's like all right why don't understand the context here. Why are these two next to each other? Or I think you were looking for some stuff about him leaving Boston and going to New York. And I do remember uh, last year when I was here, they did have the contract that that uh, sold him to the Yankees. They had it on display, but they moved that uh, because that section now is where they've got, they were setting up for Biggio and Pedro and Unit and uh, Smoltzies current induction so right now cooperstown is that's the that's one of the issues of going to cooperstown in the quote-unquote off season which is in between memorial and labor day or i mean sorry outside of memorial day and labor day and uh, because that's when they are doing a lot of renovations they're moving things around it's kind of like going to disney world in january type of thing <laughs> you know some of the exhibits might be closed um but yeah so but overall you think this was uh, a a fun experience for you this would you recommend folks come to cooperstown new york 100 percent. yes absolutely should they wait for a special moment or should they just come whenever they can no come when you can of course yes and drive around like walk around and and you know off the beaten path too just to see some of the beautiful scenery and architecture around there i mean it's really spectacular yeah, and you know, unfortunately, as as Anthony and I have, have talked about uh, off the podcast, we are the worst baseball podcast <clears throat> as far as uh, neither one of us being uh, beer drinkers. Uh, so we can't really promote a very huge aspect of baseball. But Cooperstown is very well known for its its beer as well. It's got great microbrews. So honestly, there is no reason for any of you right now to not make the trip, no matter where you live in the country make the trip to Cooperstown, it's, it's, it's worth it. You know, you will leave a bigger baseball fan. It's just not even a question. We were not paid by the Cooperstown Tourism Board for this announcement. No, I'm telling you, this is just me as a fellow baseball nerd wanting to spread the love and share the news. I just think that, that every baseball fan should experience what we just experienced. I, I get a chill when I walk down, a literal chill down my spine when I walk across the threshold there, and I want other people to be able to feel that. I don't care if, if you know, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm clearly not making any money from this. I just spread the baseball love, sir. That, that, that's my whole life. That's, that's my goal in life is to spread the baseball love. Spread the baseball love. But so now it is, I mean, this doesn't matter to you people you wonderful, awesome listeners of ours. But it's 7.06 p.m. as we're driving down the highway, which means 
evening baseball is about to start, so we're going to have to find a game to listen to as we drive to Toronto, Toronto, cross the border. Canada land, here going, we come. Going to Canada. And uh, our first uh, live baseball game together will be tomorrow since our, our D.C. Uh, Baltimore trip. I'm missing live baseball. I'm itching for, for, for some live baseball. I'm excited to go to the Rogers Center. So, ladies and gentlemen, we will talk to you next from the Great White North, Toronto. We'll see you next time, folks. Bye-bye. The home base for the Clubhouse podcast is the Bergino Baseball Clubhouse located on 67 East 11th Street in New York City. If you consider yourself to be a baseball fan, and I'm assuming if you've made it this far, you have to be, you have absolutely no excuse for not dropping by and checking out the fantastic baseball-inspired artwork and one-of-a-kind memorabilia for sale. Mention the podcast to get a free bag tag with any purchase. For those of you who are not located in New York, please check out Brigino.com. The Clubhouse is produced by Zach McNeese. The website and logo were designed by Ronan Jorah. Please subscribe to the show on iTunes. Leave us a five-star review and a comment. That makes it easier for other folks to be able to find out about this podcast. Follow the show on Twitter at ClubhousePod. You can follow Anthony and I individually at RoundingThirdMJ for me and at AlbinoKid for Anthony. For guest ideas, baseball stories, or just to say hello, shoot us an email at clubhousepodcast at gmail.com. To learn more about the specific baseball moments we discussed on the show, pictures, and more, please visit us at clubhousepodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening. Have an awesome week.